Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello Slackers, I hope your faces are pinched with winter and your scarves match your mittens. My name is Phil Taggart and this is the Slacker Podcast, a weekly podcast with the finest of musicians passing by for a chat and also to share their first ever demos. I think I'm getting pretty good at describing what the podcast is succinctly now. It has only taken me about seven episodes, so yeah, I got this. Happy days. Also, if you're listening, you're lucky that this isn't like one of those scratch and sniff radio things. I don't Actually, I don't even think that even exists. I've got a bit of a nasty cold on me. I can feel it coming on you. That's for a dry cough you've got for a bit. You, where you feel like you've got like sandpaper throat. It's coming on, and I am not fucking looking forward to it in the slightest. But I hope you're currently well. I hope you're all good. And um, as always, a lot of love to the regulars out there on the Slacker podcast and special shouts out to the people who have joined the podcast in the last couple of weeks, specifically the people who have joined us for our guest Leon Bridges this week. I can see quite a bit of binge listening going on on the podcast, which is really cool. So some people are coming on, finding it and then come back and listening to the podcast before, which absolutely is amazing. And that is the reason why the Slacker podcast has reached the top 10 of the podcast chart again um, last week. So thank you to all of you who have been rating and reviewing it. And if you've got a second and you haven't done that yet and say you've got uh, Apple podcast and you're listening to it, um, then do me a favor and give it a wee go on that. Also, if you're Android and the mood takes you, then it would be amazing if you could do that. Last week, I was recording my introduction with a massively bust face. I had a black eye. It was absolutely rank. You know when your black eye starts off and it just looks like a wee mark and there's not, it's not going to get too bad? Yeah, it got huge and green. And the only good thing about it was Halloween landed in the middle of the week, so it looked like I'd put on a load of makeup for it. Um, but yeah, last week I thought, I'm going to sound really nasal because I was playing football, Sunday League football, for the mighty Western Wanderers, my first ever game with them. And 45 minutes into it, cracked my face off somebody and uh, I'm going to retire now because that's what you do once you fall off the horse what's the advice you don't get back on you sell the horse and you buy a motorbike (laughs) how about that Um, a couple of little updates before we get into the podcast uh, today this week coming on November 9th I am recording the first ever live slacker podcast which I'm mad excited about with a band called you me at six and it's happening at the BBC introducing live event at Tobacco Dock in London. Uh, the BBC Introducing Live event is happening over three days next week in London, the 8th, 9th and 10th of November. So if you produce music or you make music and you take it really seriously and want to make a career at it, then you need to get yourself a ticket to that bad boy. I'll be down um, doing lots of demo feedback sessions, the live podcast, various different bits and pieces. You can get the tickets from introducinglive.co.uk. Then, following Friday, on November the 16th, I'm back in Northern Ireland. I am putting on four bands at a Slacker live gig at the Atlantic Sessions in Portrush. 
Uh, I've got All Twins. I've got Brand New Friend. I've got Son of the Hound. I've got Susie Blue. And it's all happening at the Atlantic Bar in Portrush. Tickets are £15. And I will put a link to the tickets for this and BBC Introducing Live below in uh, the show description. Okay, so this week's podcast was recorded way back in April of 2018. It's taken a wee while to get here, but finally it has arrived. It is with a modern maverick twist in an old school sound. His name is Leon Bridges. He has the voice that puts millions of people at ease as soon as they hear it. I was uh, one of the first to play his music on the radio in the UK. Maybe the world, I'm not sure, but I was on it pretty fast. And all I know is I have a massive amount of respect for this guy. He was discovered singing um, at open mic nights in uh, his hometown of Fort Worth in Texas while he was bussing tables. They always say bussing tables in America, like we here in the UK really know what that means. I think that just means like clearing up tables. I'm not really quite sure. Also, he is a sharp dresser. He's got a sharp wit. He's an incredible singer. He is a total OG. This week's Slacker podcast with Leon Bridges in three, two, one. Mr. Leon Bridges, hello. Hello, hello. Welcome to the basement in Soho. I like it, man. Yeah, it's, it's nice. As I said to you when you came down, it's like as, as a nice little icebreaker, nobody could hear you scream. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it started. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How are you, man? How's things? I'm good, man. Um, yeah, just uh, just got back from Australia, went home, and now I'm here. Played a, played a show last night, and it's great, man. I'm excited. Got a new album that'll be out. May fourth called Good Thing and Amazing. And it's all good. How was how was the show last night? How was the how the new songs fit into the set? Oh man, it 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 was great, man. We've we haven't had that much rehearsal. Um I got some new guys in the band and so uh that was this everything's kinda early on, but everything felt great. I feel like with the new stuff it blended well with the old jams and yeah. the crowd was um very responsive. Um to it you're not like you're not like james brown are you like one of the new guys like flubs the note drops his guitar uh, and, and you just like turn around to him go i'm docking your wages <laughs> <laughs> no no man you know it's like yeah i'm, I'm definitely not that but i did i did fall down on stage and that was oh, no. intentional it, you know it's part of the whole thing oh, i was part like, of the whole yeah, thing yeah. Yeah, as soon as the song's in there, da, 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 fall down. You know, he's like, he's not getting up. <laughs> this guy's not getting up. Oh, my God. <laughs> he pulled a Beyonce. It's it's crazy. Like, I've heard some insane stories. Like um, one of the guys from Leonard Skinner used to like turn around and punch people in the band when they used to get stuff wrong. Wow. Van Morrison used to fine people and punch them when they used to get stuff wrong. I think like... In the sixties and seventies, when you were making music, that was kind of like, that was just okay. That was part of the job. I can't imagine that flying now. Oh, that's 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 horrible. I mean, like, yeah, but like, it's a good story. But at the at the same time, you're just like, no, you can't do that in 2018. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because then it's like I'm a mean get tweet. back. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to I want to like play a track, right? Like, just uh, everybody that comes through, I want to play like their earliest ever demo nice. and it's kind of like strange because normally the earliest demo is like a scratchy little piece of music that they're ashamed of and uh, they don't <laughs> don't want getting out into the world whereas your first demo ended up on <laughs> ended up on the album yeah. and it was kind of like the thing that kicked everything off of you mm-hmm. so we're going to like hear a little bit of uh, Coming Home right now beautiful Coming home to your tender sweet love in your mouth, one and only one. What is a bit of taste in my mouth, girl? You're the only one that I want. Wanna be right. It really stemmed from that track. It snowballed massively. Like when you were recording that, surely. What's going through your head now probably wasn't going through your head then. <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I mean, my, you know, my intention was was to create what felt good to me um, at that time, and and recording it. And, and we, you know, when we finished that whole album, you know, we were just like, hey, let's just put it on some CDs and pass it out at open mic and, yeah. and that kind of vibe. Um, but when <laughs> definitely when 
before then. <laughs> it did, like, yeah, especially, like, it's amazing what, what, what can happen when you, like, stick, like, something up on SoundCloud and just watch it blow. Yeah, man, that's, I mean, that's the you go to sleep thing about the internet, man. Like, exactly. You can just throw some music on there and people can dictate if it's good or not. Yeah, you go to bed one night and then you wake up the next morning and you're like, um, what's going on that with was, this? That was, like, literally my situation, though, you know, like, put it on SoundCloud and... I didn't know what was going to happen. In the dope story, I was with my saxophone player Jeff Daisy, and we were we drove um, from from our from when we were from in Fort Worth to New Orleans, and uh, it was dope. We kept checking how many plays that we had um, on SoundCloud, and it just just kept growing. That's it's it's really crazy, that isn't it? Like, I just think that like. It, it's the same as like when a CD or something would, would like go about years ago. Like when a band like the Arctic Monkeys from like mm-hmm. the, the UK, like this is like sort of before SoundCloud and all that. We were just like illegally burning those CDs off and just giving them to totally. our friends because totally. and, and and like they they ended up becoming massive the same the same way you did. It's just a different mm-hmm. format. People will always find a way to like share the music that they absolutely love. Yeah, I always wonder how people like got discovered. <laughs> How did you get discovered without the internet um, back I, then, you know? I mean, how, how did you, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm not old enough to know, but, like, how did you do it in, like, 1965? Was it totally. just go, going out on those tours? Or even, like, 1990, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> how? You know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, just, it, man, radio, that's it. Yeah. And, like, radio still has a big part to play in that. Like, it's a, a different part to play now in, in 2018, but it's still got totally. its part to play. Radio was a big focus for your, for you growing up as well, wasn't it? Like, you weren't you weren't really, like, an albums, CD sort of buying kid, were you? I, I, I wasn't because I wasn't allowed to. <laughs> but, yeah, my mother was, uh, she was very religious. And so she... What would she have done if she she had to like find you with like an Eminem album or something like that? Oh man, probably would have kicked me out the house or something like that. <laughs> so hardcore, <laughs> isn't it? But uh, yeah, she was really into a lot of gospel music, and so that we when we were with her, that's what we would listen to. And so like while she was gone at work, I just turned on the radio and I listened to local radio, and um, it, it it was dope hearing um, guys like <laughs> like Genuine and Nelly and. And R. Kelly on there. Yeah, yeah. And it was, you know, I miss, like, that whole experience of, like, anticipating that certain song. You know, you hear it and you want wait you wait for it to play again. Exactly. It's like again. trying to predict the playlist of uh, yeah. whatever radio station is <laughs> so, you're on. Can you remember, like, hearing your first swear word in the song? Because, like, listening to music like that must be weird. But then hearing somebody actually just, like, yeah. effing and jeffing. Because that's, <laughs> that's, that's not even coming through the radio. But, yeah, it goes back to... When I first heard Eminem, and I had never heard any music like that vulgar, and and yeah, I had yeah. spent the night at a friend's house, and he he put on some Eminem, and I was like, I feel guilty listening <laughs> to this. My mom probably she can feel it. But <laughs> you sound like you've got Catholic guilt. Like I'm, I'm, I'm I've got Catholic guilt in me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I think you've got yeah, Irish yeah. Catholic guilt in you. Christ, got Christian gospel yeah, guilt. Yeah, gospel, <laughs> gospel guilt. But like that, that still that was yeah, man. Like me too. It, it, it stays with you, and it will be, be <laughs> totally. with you to the like, day that the, 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 uh, everything darkens. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's crazy. Um, the the M and M thing though. Like, uh, I I had this um, cassette with um, Real Slim Shady on one side, and I think it was Mushrooms on the other side, and yeah. the track was. I don't. I didn't mean to give you mushrooms, girl. I just wanted to bring you to my work or whatever, right? Yeah. But I didn't know that, like, at that tender young age that I was listening to, it, that he was talking about drugs in it. I thought that he was just like talking about like giving somebody some like lovely, tasty mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> and I was listening to it the on innocence. a four a four hour car journey back to back, only two sides, flipping it round, and my auntie and mum going, "What is wrong with this kid? He's singing about mushrooms." <laughs> <laughs> the innocence. Man. Um, what what's it like growing up in um, Fort Worth? Because I spent a little bit of time in Texas mm-hmm. uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I was in Austin, Texas, and I feel like Austin, Texas, is like completely different to yeah. the rest of it like austin's very very liberal very yeah. very big, big music town mm-hmm. what, what, yeah. what's what's fort worth like yeah um i mean growing up i was very very sheltered um for for me you know i was mostly i mostly stayed home um because once again growing up in 
in a religious household. I wasn't able to go to parties and, and that kind of thing. But I mean, Fort Worth is a it, it feels like a small town, but big city. And yeah. there's only like certain pockets of of, of culture. Um, but yeah, it's it's a lot of conservative, old. People, yeah, <laughs> you know, but yeah, it's of course it's everybody. But like, uh, yeah, it's it's home. It's home to me. And, you know, it's great to be able to tour and, and get back to a place that's just like it's quiet it's not a lot going on i think you find a lot with um artists who are good songwriters and good narrative songwriters as well like you know they can they can write a story from beginning to end in a three-minute pop song which is actually way more difficult than anybody who doesn't write music will um understand yeah but uh it's normally mm-hmm. the shy kids end up being the best songwriters i i find because they've had a whole lifetime living in their own head, painting yeah. these like narratives. Is the sort of same with you? Like you kind of had these, all these stories going on, then maybe get finding music was the way to sort of let that out. Yeah, I mean, for me, um, I was I was really big on on dance, and and I had to leave, and I and I studied that through college, and I had to leave college to pick up a, a second job to support my mother, and so in my downtime. Um, that's that's all I could do. You know, I couldn't get in a dance studio and, and do that kind of thing. And so my, in my downtime, I was just picking up a guitar and, and writing songs. Um, and for me, I just wanted to really create stories that were, um, you know, about my family and, and just like just simple love songs. I kind of feel like you've got the whole package. You can write music, you can sing music, and you can dance. <laughs> you can dance as well. And I got to get into some acting recently as well. Exactly. Where Like if you, if the music hadn't taken off and the dance dancing had where would you be now like where would you want to be now man where would i be i mean i had ambitions to be are a you, bar are you going to be like dancing behind britney spears at yeah, las it, vegas or, uh, man, if, yeah if i wasn't doing this i'd it'd be nice to be a you know usher's backup dancer or something <laughs> like that you know I would, if i didn't if this didn't work out i was going to probably go out to california and and just pursue the whole dance thing out there that's it's yeah like i find that all those things are so inextricably linked, really. Like dancing, it, it's all entertainment. It's all showmanship. Yeah. Wh- which order do they come in to you? Singing, guitar playing, dancing. <laughs> yeah, for me, for me, it's dancing, singing, guitar playing. Um, I mean, dance for me is just like it's something that I do all the time. You know, I could be at the grocery store and I'm pop locking five, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then of course singing is, is, is second. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't call myself the, the greatest singer, but I, I do my, I just do my own thing with that and guitar playing. I, I've never, I wouldn't call myself a, a good guitar player, but do you think the guitar is like a means to getting your songs out there more than it is? It like- is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I only know three chords on it and, um, <laughs> <laughs> three chords in the truth that's all you need to know that's isn't all it you, all you need but yeah it's just it's a great tool um, to what, be able to write what sort of music's the best like to dance to like all types of music are we talking classical are we talking disco are we talking hip hop man I, I love it all but my favorite stuff to dance to is, is trap music man trap music yeah like modern trap music like drill and yeah, stuff yeah mod- modern trap music I don't even know how you dance to that apart from like like, like I'm I'm Irish and I've got no rhythm in my bones. Well, I can I can teach you. I mean, like, <laughs> so I mean, like, so a little story about uh, Dallas hip hop culture. There's this uh, there's this style that it's called boogie movement. Oh. It's called boogie dancing, and um, and you might know songs like Stanky Leg or My Dougie. Yeah, that, that came from out of there. And so that it's a style of dance that it's a lot of we call it body rocking and grooving that you can do to trap music. <laughs> so like. Is is the like you know the the sort of Millie Rock and the, yeah, the dab and yeah. stuff? Is that all born out of that? Man, definitely not born out of Dallas. But I would say that boogie dancing is is the like origin of all that stuff. Please tell me there's going to be some sort of I, like I know there's you're dancing in one of your recent videos, but like yeah. I, I almost want to watch like a thirty minute version of you just like dancing away to all this sort of stuff. Oh, dude, yeah. Um, <laughs> um that has that's the next video. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> oh, my God. You're going to inspire a lot of dancers as well. Dude, as I got to get your guitars. contact because I will send you videos of this stuff and you'll be like, okay. Yeah, I'm hooked. It's really odd, right? Because I was saying, like, you know, I, I'm from Ireland and like we're not, like, not a nation like notorious for our um, dancing. 
but I come from a town which is like 20,000 people and we had a breakdancing crew in it um, like growing up to be a couple of years older than me called the Bad Taste Crew and they were the I think they won awards worldwide and in Europe as the best breakdance crew like wow. they were going out tra- traveling all over the world doing their breakdancing and they're from a tiny little pocket of a valley in the middle of Northern Ireland and I think that's testament to like when you've got flip all to do yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, I, th- I think that's kind of testament of why, like, even even in sports and, like, you know, a lot of those guys from those small towns and, you know, just be, like, freaking super awesome athletes and, you know, it's crazy. Speaking of the singing, right, like, you, you did a lot of singing in, in school in between the dancing. Like, uh, I think the cafeteria was a place that you um, kind of used to <laughs> hang out and, and sing quite a lot. Oh, totally. Um, how, how does that work? So, like... Imagine like I'm a student, I'm in studying yeah. um, politics or something, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like going up with my dinner tray and I'm like, I'm going to order American things, tater tots and... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what, are you like in the corner singing? Yeah, yeah. It's like we're, I mean, it's it's at least, it, it, a lot of times it'd be at least like 20, 20 people in the corner um, just like singing and and. And being very loud, <laughs> and so you got people in the cafeteria doing their thing, and, and we're just singing about food. You know, that, that, <laughs> that's how it started for me. Like, because that's the easiest to sing about if you're gonna like improv. You know, just yeah. Like, I want my sandwich, chips on the side, <laughs> and that's how I started. That's how like that sparked yeah. the whole songwriting for me. I think if I was like an advertising guy and like walk past, I'd be like, oh my god. This this kid, we need to get him in to sing jingles. Dude, I'd lo- I'd love to get in some damn jingles, like for real. <laughs> like, but like it means that like in a lot of schools, you wouldn't have that inhibition to get up and sing because people would go you know, shut up, sit down, or and stuff like that. But I feel like this is almost born out of the gospel culture of like you know getting mm-hmm. up and singing and being really proud of your talent and and sharing it with the world. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, and I think there's something about like I don't know, just just that just having community and and being able to be a part of something mm. um and that's kind of what it was for us i mean like you got you know a lot of those guys a lot of us going through class and all that you know stuff and that's our chance to just let loose and and just have fun what's a gospel church really like i, I ever since i've seen in the movies i've yeah. always wanted <laughs> to go to like i've been to america yeah. a couple of times in the last few years and I, it just looks like the best way to celebrate religion. It seems full, so full of joy. Yeah, that's, there's different sides of it. I mean, you got your traditional um, gospel churches where, I mean, there isn't any, um, I mean, where, where it's only like piano and, and singing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you got you got the other side of it, which is like on a huge level, um look at guys like Creflo Dollar and, and, and T.D. Jakes where it's just like super huge like it's almost like going to a freaking arena <laughs> yeah. um, to hear to hear the hear the word but um, uh, yeah <laughs> it's, yeah like because I just I, I want to go there and I, I really want to experience it because like I, I grew up Irish Catholic which meant every Sunday I went to church mass it's mm-hmm. called and um, it would be hellfire and brimstone there would be like an old priest standing up there like on the pulpit lecturing at you going yeah. if you do this you'll go to hell yeah, totally. if you do yeah. this you'll go to hell <laughs> your version seems like way more fun yeah yeah it was uh it was it was it was cool um i mean growing up in in the church we went we went almost every sunday and and, and we moved around to different different places but you got there's all different types <laughs> i feel like you're in your sunday best seven days a week uh, yeah, seven days a week. Yeah. Yes, indeed. You don't you don't dress down. Um, I dress down, but it's. I can't imagine you in a tracksuit now because I've se- I've seen you for like a couple of years and you're just always fly like you're always yeah, yeah. there. I mean, like I, I do. I like to wear sweats. You know. You know. Um, I, I like that vibe. I do it every now and then. You know, if I'm going through an airport, I might 
throw on some sweats or when I'm chilling at the crib. And if I want to be incognito, I bet you, you don't home. get recognized when you're wearing sweats than than you do when you've got the uh, yeah yeah I, I, <laughs> a little less yeah you know when I'm wearing sweats <laughs> even when I put on like a ball cap you know I've tried that before and people still recognize me. <laughs> <laughs> recognize it, it it's the strut more than it is the look maybe it's just yeah it's, it's just strut. it's the vibe it's the yeah. vibe you give off. Um, <laughs> I, like I hope that a lot of people who listen to this podcast are like aspiring musicians mm-hmm. and people who want to sort of find their own way um mm-hmm. through music and I think like there's always a certain romance in those like difficult times like now looking back mm-hmm. on it when you've you've gone ahead and done done quite well mm-hmm. what what were the first couple of years of writing your own material and sort of getting to that that space like at the very beginning mm-hmm. yeah for me um you know, I was just focused on um, just I had a friend. He told me he told me um, he said, just just, continue, just keep writing, you know, material. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I just write songs and and I test them out in front of people at open mics. And so for I was doing everything from open mics to, to busking out on the streets and I wasn't doing it to really get like discovered you know it's just mm-hmm. I, I, I it's like I, an urge yeah you know just wanting people to hear me in in whatever capacity um but yeah it was just because a lot of people yeah. will think that like it's almost like an overnight success but with um, coming home because like you kind of come out of nowhere mm-hmm. but there was actually years of toil and tribulations and playing those like open mic nights and trying to get heard beforehand like, was there ever a point where you thought this just might not happen yeah, I I didn't really see past, um, you know, seeing the future. You know, it was just like, you know, for me, I was just taking it day by day, and I didn't think that anything would really come out of it. You mm-hmm. know, I was just passionate about, you know, if I could finish writing a song, a whole song, you know, then then I'd be content, you know, with that. I think that's quite difficult for a lot of people is actually finishing writing a song because like, and it still is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, I'm sure you've got like lots of people like now that well encourage you on to finish the track when you're when you're sitting like in your bedroom with your guitar and you've got like a verse and a chorus you're like and now what yeah yeah i mean yeah it's really it's kind of complicated to you know when when you're writing and um to kind of finish a whole like concept you know like you could write one one verse and then you know there's just like many ways that you could you can go about it and that's you know the fact that it's so broad, you know, of what you could put in a song, it's, you know, kind of complicated. Who are you pinching bits off? All artists pinch pinch music off other people to get themselves started. It's like the it's like the petrol that you put into a car for the first time just, just to get it going. And then when it gets going by itself, like, you can start writing yeah. in, in your own voice. Man, man, I honestly, I'm inspired by everything. Like, you know, I could pull from a Willie Nelson song and I can pull from... You're showing your tax, tax inside on you now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I could pull from uh, Busta Rhymes, like, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, and put, yeah. throw that in a song. Um, but, yeah, I take from it. I pull from everything. Do you, like, you, you love hip-hop, right? Yeah, I love it, man. Do you prefer hip-hop to any other genre? I know, like you say, your favorite music to dance to is trap. Yeah, I would say that the, the, what's, you know, frequent on my... You know, listening um, is definitely hip hop music, but of course, you know, I would say that there's. It depends on kind of what mood I'm in, mm. you know, to what I listen to. Yeah, same here. Like I love, I love hip hop music, but I like punk music. I like quite electronic, sad music. I like, I like yeah. lots of different stuff. What do you think of like the the, the modern like hip hop scene, like mumble rap? Yeah, like yeah, uh, like your Lil Zans and um, Lil Uzi Verts and all the Lils. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, all, all the Lils. <laughs> yeah, what do you think? Because like, I'm sort mm-hmm. of conflicted. I mm-hmm. think like some. I'll go through a period of thinking one artist is quite good mm-hmm. at what they do, and then I'll listen to some of the mumble rap stuff, and I'll be mm-hmm. like, this, this is awful. because you hear proper hip hop afterwards, and you're like, it's just not as good. Yeah, yeah. But then I change my mind all the time. Then I like it, and I don't. Then I like it. And I don't. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, a lot of that stuff can be repetitive. Um, not saying that it isn't good. Walk I mean, it, like it, tuck it. Walk yeah, yeah, it, exactly. It, it. And I would like to see some artists take that whole genre, but kind of switch it up and switch up the flow and and kind of make it fresh, you know. Um, but honestly, like once again, 
It depends on the mood. I can I like I can see you singing on so many different things, and I can see you like doing so many different things musically. <laughs> I just don't think that, that your voice would be the perfect one for something so. Man, you'd be surprised. You reckon? You got you got those bars in you. You'd be surprised, man. I think I could get down. Give you a beat. See how you go. Can you freestyle, man? A little bit, a little bit, man. I mean, that's all. That's I'm not that good at it. I, I used to be better, but I can. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70 percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Freestyle. Go on then. Do I need to drop you a beat? Maybe. I don't have a beat. (laughs) I I can make up something though. If like if you want to, if you feel comfortable with that, then go for it. <laughs> it's gonna be so simple. Okay. Okay. You know you and what you want and baby come over when they lay down like you never had baby I know you said, so you want to come down to Fort Worth in Texas, and baby, we can get down, 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 yeah. Yeah, man, that was, that was amazing. That was really good. <laughs> it was simple. That was, you just laid down the sweet eight bars on, on the show there. Watch, watch the hip-hop calls just come flooding. <laughs> the hip-hop calls. <laughs> but actually, I, um, I have a collab with... This artist named um, Dej Loaf from Detroit. I love Dej Loaf. Yeah, and the, and the song is so dope, honestly. What was her big track? Is it is Try? That, uh, yeah, Try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, play, I was playing that on the radio about the same time. Oh, dope. dope. As um, Coming Home. Oh, Maybe wow. a little bit after, I think she might have dropped it. But oh, yeah, boy. she's she's incredible. Yeah, we, we, we kind of, both of us kind of came out around the same time. But yeah, she's another uh, label mate, so. That's cool, man. You did some stuff with Amini as well, didn't you? I did, yeah, yeah. I did. I did um, a song on his album called Sundays, just some like vocal, some little background stuff. And that is the halfway point of this week's podcast. If we could sing the whole podcast, I think we would. I don't even think it would get old, other. Well, if it would get old if I was singing it, but not if he was. Um, I love how open he is just to breaking into song, just generally. You kind of get the vibe from Leon. That irregardless of success or of people being into him or in the room, he would just be belting out the notes by himself. He'd be on a park bench somewhere singing to the pigeons. He just was born to sing and we're definitely here to listen to him. I'll keep it brief as well as we hit halftime because if you're new to the podcast and you're enjoying it, I don't want to take you away from it for too long. There are six other episodes for you to go back and listen to on this podcast. So definitely go back and check them out if you haven't already. There might be some artists up there that you love already and there might be some that you don't even know you like i run this podcast uh, off my own bat and i'm um, just about covering my costs so if you're enjoying it and instead of me like asking for money 
and doing what a lot of podcasts do is setting up a Patreon and all the rest of it. I would just ask you, uh, if you enjoy it, to maybe go and leave it a review and maybe share it with your mates if you're like, tweet about it or put it on Instagram or whatever. But if you enjoy it, yeah, definitely share it about it. It would mean the absolute world to me. Okay, right, enough of me begging about at the halfway point. Let's go back to our podcast with Leon Bridges. I want to go back to the, the the open mic nights, right? Yeah, because I've been I've been to so many over the years because I I played in bands and I've done open mic nights before playing bass, and um, they can be like either the best thing in the world or the most soul destroying thing in the world, depending on the style of open mic night that you have. They're difficult, aren't they? Or they're amazing. Yeah, it can it can be it can be both, man. Um, you know, honestly. I mean, there's times where you feel like you're you're singing to a wall, yeah. Um, and you know that's that can be hard, you know, to to go through as as an artist. But and then there, you know, for me personally, there there was t- I, I played at this open mic at this place called Magnolia Motor Lounge, and and it had a kind of a built-in crowd. Um, and so if I wasn't at that open mic, um, I wouldn't even be where I'm at today. Yeah. Yeah, because that's that's where you got discovered, wasn't it? Yes. By um Austin Jenkins. Yeah, Austin Jenkins from mm-hmm. uh, White Dana. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like that that was a one of the, that's one of those right places at the right time kind of vibes, isn't it? It is, man. And it's crazy because like I would literally clock out from my bus from my busing tables job at a Tex Mex restaurant and I'd go to this spot and I still have my apron on, my uniform, you know, and I get on play it looks like it's part of your like stage game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, bus boy, the singing chef. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, and ended up running into Austin Jenkins, and I mean, because Fort Worth is, it doesn't have an infrastructure to to make it. You know, if if you wanted to, yeah, um, you need like ev- everybody in any job. What's it doesn't matter what job you do, you need somebody that will give you encouragement and help you to that next bit. And then when you get to that next bit, it's important for you to bring somebody up to keep the keep the chain, chain going. I think. Yeah, indeed, and I've been blessed to to be able to. I mean, you know, I have a couple of musician friends, and you know, everything from bringing them on tour with me to yeah, putting slipping their music in a you know to some of my people at, at my label you're not going around open mic nights look, looking for looking for somebody to, <laughs> to take on Man, tour. I, i'm honestly like yeah. i'm always like searching for dope people mm. and if they're dope like if i see some guy at open mic who's dope you know get his contact and send it to my a and r it's like what do you think about this you know i've done that many a times you know that, that's really good of you because like i know some musicians might be a little bit like well i'm not having anybody else in my label it's all about me <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, man, I I think it's uh, I really don't have any any power on that, you know. But you've got more. The than, little you've I got more do. than you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, so like, t- take me through that moment. So like, I uh, I know you've like talked about a lot about it before about meeting um Austin and um, making the debut record with him. But everything did everything move fast from there, like, uh, or was it like you know you worked together for a little bit and then you stuck stuff up and it kind of snowballed from there? Yeah, man. Um. It, it 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 went fast, but it was a good pace. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, we recorded through the songs on SoundCloud, and ended up getting signed, and and straight up. What well, like what's that process like? Like when you go from open mic nights to having lots of different labels looking at you, like they must have ch- turned the charm factor on, like the labels that were looking <laughs> to, like what. Well, well, were you getting phone calls from like heads of labels and stuff like that? Yeah, man. Um, that 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 was crazy. I mean, to see that labels were interested, and I mean, and and ended ended up you know doing a lot of meetings and and at at um at, even at one point, um, can't even remember his. I'm going blank on his name, but uh, yeah, that was it was it was really hard to process that you know people were interested in in signing me and they promise there's a lot of promises that come with stuff like that as well because obviously it's a bit of a pacing contest between all of the labels about like who, who can promise the most and or, but 
like what was it like were you promised like big things like what we can get you on this massive tour we can get you on americans next top model <laughs> it, it wasn't it, it really wasn't that um no. it was just about a conversation that we had was just taking the right steps sure and 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 and, and for us it was just like let's get out and tour and, you know, simple as that that's it and and the dope thing is that we didn't get thrown on a whole bunch of um like opening um so a support kind yeah. of tours and that yeah. was a dope thing we just started small and just and the dope it, thing it was just word of mouth for us you know like that's the that's the old school way of of doing mm -hmm. it and it's almost i think the music industry in general has kind of gone back to that now that a band in 2018 if they go on tour they will be way more successful then they will just sticking stuff up on SoundCloud and Spotify. Yeah, you know you can get like ten million plays on on your streaming and have two people at your show, and it's like way more pop, uh, way more important to have like two hundred people at your show and twenty plays on Spotify. I reckon. Yeah, and it, it, it's dope that the fans have gravitated towards me as a whole. Mm. You know, I see a lot of times where a lot of artists have singles out, but couldn't necessarily sell out certain you know sell out a yeah, video sure. that's not even you know it's not really that important but it's dope in my case where but there was um, no real growing pains with you like it, with with the way that you sound and the way that you did it touring wise and like the way that you look like everybody knew exactly what you were about from day one mm -hmm. like do you know you know like there was it didn't feel like there was ever anything needs some you know artists will change about and they'll try and find themselves it was like this rad dude has these awesome songs. He looks really cool, and <laughs> like he like as as lots of people had said, they were like, "Oh, he sounds like Sam Cooke." There's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing like that right now. Yeah, um, yeah, it yeah, it was. I mean, amazing that um, you know that people were were drawn to that. You know, and and just me being me. Um, but it definitely every that kind of put me in a box. Yeah, that was my whole intention behind. Um, going into a, a, a newer sound. Yeah, album. exactly. And like you, you've you've uh, sitting at the precipice now of like the second record. Um, when we record this, and already it's it's really different sounding than before. <laughs> but I I really like it. Thank you. Um, Bad Bad News is the track I've been playing a lot on on the radio, mm -hmm. and it just it sounds it sounds like kind of like it sounds like New York in the seventies. <clears throat> kind of sounds like uh, it reminds me a little bit of Bobby Womack. I think in, oh, in, in dope, places. Dope. Your bass player on that is incredible. Like that bass line is one of my favorite bass lines. Oh man, yeah! Shout out to Nate. Um, I'm gonna call him Nate M because I cannot pronounce his last name. It's so complicated. <laughs> um, but he he produced that whole thing. Mm. I mean, that's him: guitar, bass, drums. Um, killer killer dude but uh what what did you what what was in your head when you like started writing songs for the album was it to purposely do something different or was it like you were like i know exactly what i want this to sound like let's pour it out of my head and onto some acetate yeah i wanted to you know i wanted to make a a new sound and i wanted to really break out of that whole um retro tag yeah um but yeah, it was it was a long process for me. I did a lot of searching to come into this new album. But um yeah, the whole intention was just to make something um keep to you know, be able to keep uh elements from what I did started. Yeah, exactly. And, and you don't want to like do like a full on metal album or something <laughs> like like directly after your first album. But like, I mean, the funny <laughs> thing is that before we re started recording that, I wrote a whole bunch of songs that were like 80s and 90s r&b inspired yeah and uh which will be out next year but it was a little bit too far so we kind of dialed it back in so have you got like, like the next album done already or like just another project uh, i mean i got a ton of songs um but i have like a, a little a small little ep thing that that'll be out next year and next year that's kind of that's kind of nice isn't it like you've got a cohesive piece of work and you're going and this is this is the stuff that nearly made it but it's awesome too yeah yeah i mean I mean, the B-sides are, are was chilling. There, um, I want to talk about what it was like to play for Barack Obama at the Ray Charles event. Because yeah. like, was Ray Charles uh, a big influence on you or was it something that people came to you and were like, we like your style, would you like to do this? Yeah, I, I mean, of course, Ray, Ray Charles is, is a great and, and, and you know, influential. Um, but yeah, they, they approached me about playing and, 
they wanted me to do Lonely Avenue. And that's like the only Ray Charles song I know. <laughs> You're <laughs> so, like, yes. Yeah, that you know, like that if they call me, I could just go and do it. You don't have um, to learn mess around on the piano. You're like, yeah, right, yeah, I, exactly. I know this, I got this. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I mean, that, that was a, a dope opportunity. I mean, I never thought I could be able to do anything like that. Were you born in Georgia? I was. Surely Georgia would have been the one that you wanted, would have wanted to play, no? <laughs> Out of all it, of them. Vocally, I mean, that's a that's a hard one, um, especially the time that it's I It's hard had. for me. I don't think it's hard for you. <laughs> <laughs> the, the amount of time that I had to learn, um, yeah, I just had to do something I was, that was easy. Was Obama still president at this, at this stage, or had he just finished? Yeah, he was. He was still president? He was, yeah. Like, is, is that a big moment for you as an American playing for your president? Oh man, it, it's beautiful, um, and I wish my, I wish my grandmother was alive to see this. Um, you know, my my mother, my grandmother had to sneak out of the house back in the her mother's house in the '60s to vote. Um, blacks didn't have the right to vote. Yeah, and so it's a big accomplishment for, um, black people. You know, yeah, black people in general in my family. You know? Yeah, absolutely huge. Like just having Barack Obama in the the White House, but for you and like all the people around you in your community being able to do that. I mean, uh, that's a lifetime thing there. Like you'll that that's with you. Yeah, and I mean, it's And he was really digging it as well. I watched the video today. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like yeah. like it cuts away to him and he, cuz he's a music fan. He is a music fan and he was like bopping his head him Dude. and Michelle Obama just going <laughs> It was yeah, it was so good. dope, but dog, man. That's probably the most nervous I've I've been in my life. You um, wouldn't know it, like, cause <laughs> you, you you went up and you held yourself together really well, and you had this like really bright, tran- kind of greeny yellow uh, jacket that belonged to Ray Charles. As y- well. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, they, they um I was able to visit his studio. Um, and I'll have that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, he has like a closet in there with like a ton of jackets, and I was like, yeah, I'll take that one. <laughs> that, that that's incredible like i i don't think that the this, this, we would be having the same conversation if if it was like playing i don't think anybody would feel bad if you didn't uh play for donald trump <laughs> no they they wouldn't at all yeah <laughs> you know i, I mean a lot of people have turned him down over the years <laughs> yeah i mean i just you know understandable yeah exactly I, I, it was funny when he came into office because i'm i, I sort of interested bystander because I'm, I'm Irish but then half of America thinks they're Irish as well <laughs> and um, everybody was like I'm not I'm not turning up to play Donald Trump's thing they'd ask him no we're not doing it so he ended up getting a Bruce Springsteen tribute band to, to play his oh, yeah, exactly. you're like that's a real big thing on how unpopular you are if you have to get a tribute <laughs> band to turn up I mean I guess good on, on, on them but like but yeah, just like it's kind of low. You it's know? it's a weird time. Is it a weird time for you in, in America? Like how you how you look at America now? Man, it, it feels like you know you know I'm in a bubble because of all this this music stuff. Um, but it it is a weird time. You know, it's like you know I'm I'm never the one to go too far into politics because I'm just never able to like talk about it intelligently. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty sad that we have bad bad leadership and you know all we can hope and pray for is that um the, the right person will come along and yeah yeah exactly we can all sort of hope and pray for that and i think it makes life a lot easier for for people like i for like lots of people for millions and millions and millions of people when there are people out there who can really elegantly and frustratingly put the, or elegantly put the frustration down like kendrick lamar can yeah yeah i, I feel like he does more he makes me understand what certain parts of America are like more than the news or reading any book can. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's kind of like my gateway. He's my window into that world. Yeah, I mean, uh, I love what he's what he's doing with it and, and envy, you know, it's like, and I look at it, that's, everybody has a, a gift and and I would never say that I'm, I fear of putting that energy in my music. It's just about, doing it the right way yeah exactly you've got to give that music 
that amount of respect. And the thing is, when you put music like that out there, you have to be able to stand behind it completely. So yeah, with with, with both feet on the ground. So we're not looking at a political record on this on the second album, are we? No, it's just, it's not a political record. Um, and not to say that that, that you're not that's political. not in the fu- you know in the future. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's everything from um, you know the energy and, and bad bad news to to having a good time on the dance floor and and uh I think you find with a lot of the biggest artists that they they take a couple of albums to get the confidence to be able to put themselves out there like that. Yeah. It's easier to put yourself out there with your own raw emotions because you're not speaking for anybody else other than yourself. Mm. But when you have to speak for a certain amount of people um politically like that's that takes a long time to sort of be able to cultivate that that's why you don't see too many like 18 or 19 year old politicians yeah i mean like and i mean for me it's like it all depends on if if you can for for you know for the certain artists that that can make that kind of music you mm-hmm. know not everybody can can do that i, I saw your uh tour dates on your instagram today mm-hmm. it made my eyes water how <laughs> many dates that you've got on there yeah yeah dude it's, <laughs> it took it took it took two posts dude. You know, the, the first one it was like i don't know i felt like i was like reading through lord of the rings or something <laughs> do like a whole damn essay yeah <laughs> and then it was like okay that's first instagram and then the second one was like oh here's the europe one i'm like holy shit man that my, that guy is gonna be on the road dude, all year man like i always say it's like man i'm gonna freaking work the hardest i've ever worked this year was that like that was your choice to be like be out on tour that much? Man, if it were if it were up up to me, I'd probably just like stay home in my bed and sleep. <laughs> I think we'd all do that. Exactly. Yeah. But it's important, you know, and of course I love playing shows and it's important to get out there and and pr- promote yourself. Yeah, exactly. You got to got to do it. Do you like touring? Do you like is it is it is it fun for you? I love it, man. There's you know, it's a dope camaraderie about being with you know your your people that you love on the road uh-huh. and you know got a great band and everything from um playing the shows and turning up after the shows and meeting dope locals and um really experiencing the culture you know everywhere you go i feel i kind of feel like there's an invisible circus uh, around touring like you will arrive in like say one town say you arrive in like new york or vancouver or um portland right there's an invisible circus that, that lives in every single town. So you'll go there. Say you're like you've done three dates there over the last couple mm-hmm. of years. This random record collector guy will come up. This like promoter that's always there. The invisible circus descends on you when you're in that town. Is that right? Wait, are you talking about like the? There's characters that always kind of follow you around like, on on tour. Oh, oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, are you talking about the guys that like? Show up at the venues with like a thousand of, of, of like the artist photos and those as well. That's all part. Oh, of, that's, okay. that's, all, that's all part of the circus. Shine. <laughs> me and uh, me and my friends, uh, my, we always joke about a lot of those guys being uh, what's his name from Lord of the Rings, Smeagol. Because <laughs> they're always just like hunched over and like sign this, Leon. <laughs> <laughs> you got to man. You got to sign that stuff for the fans. Right? Oh yeah, de- definitely. Yeah, and then see it on eBay later, but. That's I think that's really weird. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love is, all my fans though. I'm like, yeah, I exactly. I ain't, I ain't mad at his hustle. Shoot. It's true, man. Like everybody's got a hustle to a certain degree, but then totally. there are some people that you're like, are you actually into my music, or do you do you just want this to make money? And that yeah. and like I'm f- totally fine with that. But then when you get to the ticket titan thing where you put a show up on sale. And some dick goes and buys like yeah. ten or a hundred tickets, exactly. and then puts them up for like double the price. Dude, yeah, I can't stand that. It's, you know, it's it's effed up for for the people who actually want to be there. Yeah, like um, a, f- a friend of mine, like Kendrick Lamar, put up uh, tickets on sale for like eighty pounds. Um, and Arctic Monkeys did the same. Uh, put up tickets for eighty pounds, and and a lot of people were like losing their minds over it quite recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and a friend of mine just like had a really really good point that I hadn't really thought of. Mm-hmm. So like, everybody pays nine ninety nine a month for infinite music. You get absolutely everything, yeah. And then that same person will go, oh, art, like you know, artists don't get paid enough, um, because like yeah. you know, unless you're like upper echelon, like not point five percent in the music industry, mm-hmm. everybody's on fairly modest money up until that spot. Totally. And then they're the same people who give off when the prices are like eighty pounds for a ticket. 
tickets are eighty pounds because they're not selling. They're not making money through releasing music. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. We we don't we don't really make anything off the whole streaming and, yeah. and you know and that kind of vibe. And we make you know our rev- most of our revenue comes from from touring. You know, and so. I mean, we, we'll probably spend a good eighty at the, at the bar every night, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. You got to. What's, well, what, what's your What's your drink of choice? Mm. I'm I'm big on bourbon. Um, I love tequila, mes- Kentucky bourbon, mezcal, yeah. Texas bourbon. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, my favorite is like Woodford Reserve, and like uh, I could see you with a whiskey sponsorship. Bullet. Yeah, I, need, I can I need see some. that. I need a little whiskey sponsorship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's make that happen. Yeah, I'll get some good old Irish whiskey on. Put it, put it out. Um, <laughs> yeah. What's your dream show? Like your dream lineup? If you could play any venue, play with anybody, mm. we can pull it all in. Put all the favors in. We've got infinite cash and infinite availability on all venues. Oh shit! <laughs> Sorry, right. you, you can swear on this. It's fine. Um, if if it was, you know, I think the dream lineup would definitely be it would be uh and and would i be on would i be on on the lineup no you're not like you're, you're, okay, 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 you're okay. no of course you can be on it yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> i thought you're you headlining yeah no nah, it'd be um kendrick yes chance the rapper sounds pretty strong already j cole Gonna, I'm gonna buy all these tickets and put them up on land. And, oh. and, and I'm opening. <laughs> and you're, I'm opening oh, you're opening. Yeah, that's pretty humble of you. <laughs> In the words of Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, new album's coming out. Got a brand new sound to it. I'm like proper psyched to hear the rest of it. I've heard a couple of tracks off it now, but I'm really, really excited to get my teeth into it. Um, why, why is it called Good Thing? Well, Good Thing is derivative of the uh, the lyric in Bad Bad News. You know, I made a good. I made a good thing out of bad news. <laughs> good idea. But um yeah, the whole album is, you know, it's about my evolution as an artist uh-huh. and, and the whole it's super diverse, you know. And so I wanted to make what's, make something for everybody. What's the weirdest instrument you got on there? Have you got like a, a theremin? <laughs> Have you got like what is like that? a dog whistle on there? It's going to set set my dog going mental. I wish I wish. Ain't nothing weird. It's all it's all normal. Um yeah, it's all the the weirdest thing to for, to me was um, for the the gang vocals in 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 bad bad news is me, Austin Jenkins and Josh Block, and it's just funny, it's us sitting on the couch, and we're just like, let me let though, why not? <laughs> and it's, dope, it's just so funny seeing those guys, you know, like. You know, singing these like that sounds like <laughs> that sounds like you're doing like ad libs for a trap song. If so, I love I freaking love ad libs. I love ad libs. Like, it's all my mama. Who does me guys do good ad libs? All right, get him, script like kings get of him. Woof. I wish I could be a part of that whole session, just like fly on the wall. See, you know? I, what goes through my hair, my my head when I hear ad libs, right? Is that they've laid the track down, the the beats there. All added instrumentations there. They've got a couple of rappers in the studio. They've just laid down their bars. They're feeling pretty good about themselves. And then they have to go into the studio and listen to it again. And then just go, get up. Yeah. Screw it. Woof. I guess it, you know, I guess that might be the easiest part of the whole, the whole thing. Big time. And fun, you know. I'd like you to give me a little tip to some young, fresh band, maybe even to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of years ago before all this went um, nuts and uh, yeah a little pearl of wisdom you've learned along the way Word. yeah I'm, I'm definitely not a wise person but um, I mean my advice is just use every moment you can um, to better yourself as an artist um, you know I wish I could have taken that time downtime I had to be a better guitar player or learn more about singing and and in that kind of vibe, and um, you know, just make sure you sound, surround yourself with people who are better than you. I mean, that's the only way to 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 grow. And um, yeah, and love, 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 be about the art and love the art, and everything else will will come come later i think it's really important to like you get rid of negative people from from you when you're making music and stuff like positivity is always key but like don't confuse negativity and constructive criticism 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. And it's two di- two different things. Yeah, big time. Well, um, Leon, thank you for um, spending some time with me, and uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to get my my head into hey. this into this record. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Good good, good little chat. What an absolute gentleman. And listen, I know I've gone on significantly about his singing voice, but there's also something very, very, very cool about the Texan accent, which I quite like as well. I'll save you the cringe factor. I'm not going to try and do a Texan accent for you. I can, listen to me. I can barely even do my own accent at the minute. and dosed with the cold, and it's only going to get worse. Um, next week, speaking of accents, I have got Gary Lightbody, the main man from back home in Northern Ireland. The main man from Snow Patrol is going to be me and him. I flew back to Belfast a little while ago to uh, do an interview with him and really hear my accent get way deeper. Anytime I'm around anybody else from Northern Ireland, my accent goes back into the so it is, hey, Northern Ireland accent, so it is. Um, much love to you all for listening and supporting the Slacker podcast. Thank you to Jenny and Adam and the people at Soho Radio for the studio time and for all the help. And I will see you again next week for another Slacker podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.